We start the program in the US, where former President Donald Trump has given a defiant speech to his supporters in New Jersey following his second court appearance in three months. Mr. Trump dismissed the latest set of indictments uh, put to him at a courthouse in Miami as an evil and heinous abuse of power. His lawyer pleaded not guilty on his behalf to charges that he willfully mishandled national security documents and obstructive justice. Our reporter Helena Humphrey is in Miami. I think it's fair to say that for a moment of such significance for this nation, historically, politically and in the future, it was relatively short-lived here in Miami. You can see the federal courthouse just behind me, and this is the scene where former President Donald Trump entered this courthouse uh, for under two hours, and where, as you say, his attorney on his behalf put in that plea of not guilty on those 37 federal criminal charges. And as extraordinary as this moment was inside the courthouse, it was the scenes outside as well. Um, I spoke to Trump supporters outside saying that they believe this was the politicization of the Department of Justice, repeating lines from Donald Trump saying that this was a witch hunt, that Biden instead should be the one who is investigated here. Um, there were some vehement critics of Donald Trump, but they were far fewer in number. Thankfully, we can report that there didn't appear to be uh, large-scale violent scenes. We certainly had been concerned about that. There'd been some concerning rhetoric online. And then Donald Trump sped off to Bedminster, and then he even stopped in his motorcade to speak at a, at a restaurant here, uh, Café Versailles, which is very popular with the Cuban community here, where he was seeking to do some kind of impromptu rally, saying it's a sad day for the nation. And my colleague, our North America correspondent, Nomi Iqbal, wrapped up the day's events for us. It was a spectacle that only Donald Trump could create. His supporters and critics gathered outside the courthouse. Extra police officers were brought in to keep everything in check as his motorcade eventually arrived and he entered the court, becoming the first ever former president to be federally prosecuted in US history. A man who tore up the rule book now faces the rule book being thrown at him. He sat in court as the 37 charges were read out. It's alleged that he kept US government secrets in a shower, bathroom, ballroom and bedroom of his Mar-a-Lago estate. He pleaded not guilty. For President Donald J. Trump, Alina Haba. Outside court, his lawyer repeated Trump's lines that this was a political witch hunt. What is being done to the President Trump should terrify all citizens of this country. These are not the ideals that our democracy is founded upon. But it's a narrative that works with his supporters as he campaigns to be president again. He immediately showed up at a local cafe where supporters sang happy birthday. He turned 77 on Wednesday. Even though he is under federal custody, he is not considered a flight risk and soon got on a plane to New Jersey to make a speech. Today we witnessed the most evil and heinous abuse of power in the history of our country. Very sad thing to watch. A corrupt sitting president had his top political opponent arrested on fake and fabricated charges of which he and numerous other presidents would be guilty. Constitutionally, this case does not disqualify Donald Trump from running for the White House again. 
He can be both defendant and candidate, and if found guilty, could even potentially be convict and president. Nomi Rickbell, BBC News, Miami. In the space of one day, Donald Trump has efforted essentially to take his legal perils and turn them into political opportunity in his bid for the White House in 2024. And there is potential good reason for that as well. When you take a look at his legal defense, many legal experts are saying that a presidential run may be one of his best forms of defense, cognizant of the fact that the Department of Justice is not in the habit. They don't usually indict a sitting president. Let's speak now to Julie Norman, co-director of the Centre on US Politics at the University College London. Thanks very much to you for joining us. It's pretty clear, isn't it, uh, from Donald Trump's speech there and what he's been saying all along, that he is how he's going to handle this. He's going to make it very personal against uh, President Biden and very political, isn't it? Absolutely. And this has been Trump's playbook from the beginning with these legal challenges. It's to frame it as the deep state out to get him, framing himself as a victim, framing the whole process as a witch hunt, and really using that to galvanize his campaign. And we've seen that in the response of his supporters, with over 75% saying they are either just a supporter or even more supportive of him than they were before this conviction. So it's a narrative that does work with his base, even as I think it does alienate many independents and moderates. It's a, a lot depends now, doesn't it, on how the Democrats respond and how they use this in terms of President Biden. I suppose he's already uh, said a lot about how he hasn't had any involvement with the Justice Department uh, in terms of this case, but ha whether they try to make political gain out of it. Well, it's a really tough needle to thread. And Biden is being very intentional to not comment, to not be involved in this. He's given directives to his re-election committee, to the Democratic National Committee, not to be uh, seen as politicizing this even more. They're trying to make it seem like this is a Department of Justice independent case that they are not pushing, involved in, commenting on. And you know, Biden's getting some blowback from some Democrats from that who think he really should be leaning into this and twisting the knife, if you will. But I think Biden is playing this right. It's already an extremely politicized case. He doesn't need to stoke it any further by seeming like he's personally engaged in it. Well, it's interesting, isn't it, that his um, competitors in the race for the nomination aren't using it either against him. They've been broadly supportive, haven't they? That's exactly right. So Trump's uh, Republican uh, competition have been pretty much parroting his own line about a politicized Justice Department, um, about this witch hunt narrative. And it takes a different tone with different candidates, some coming very directly to Trump's defense, others focusing more on the politicization of the Justice Department more broadly, but really quite worrisome. Uh, many candidates suggesting they would pardon Trump also if they were to win the nomination in the presidency. So um, a lot of uh, rallying around Trump. Why and are I they think doing that, just... that, though, do you think? Why are they rallying behind him? You would. You you would expect, you know, people to to use things, obvious things against them, wouldn't you? You certainly would. And it's um, a real indication of where the Republican field is right now. All of these contenders are trying to win the Republican primary. Within that Republican base, at least a third, if not more, are very solidly with Trump. So even as these candidates are trying to get others support, they need to be very careful or trying to be very careful not to alienate completely that key voting block of Trump voters. So it's a sense of we might make some criticisms about uh, the process in general, but try and avoid criticizing Trump directly to avoid alienating that part of the base.